My govanen melonin, and thanks for tuning in to speak, friend, and enter deep lore. This is where I take the dense and mythical stories from the Silmarillion and do my darndest to make them more accessible so nerds and non-nerds alike can fully enjoy them. I'm Leah, and for some reason, I own three copies of the Silmarillion and two Middle-earth encyclopedias. Today we're going to discuss the second chapter of the book, of Aule and Yavanna. This is a relatively short story about the creation of the race of dwarves. Aule the craftsman is impatient for the awakening of the children of Iluvatar. He wants new pals, and he wants someone to teach his very cool crafting knowledge to. The Silmarillion says this, And Aule made the dwarves even as they still are, because the forms of the children who were to come were unclear to his mind, and because the power of Melkor was yet over the earth, and he wished therefore that they should be strong and unyielding. So, this is Tolkien's explanation for why dwarves look so different from elves and men. Aule is nearsighted and couldn't get a good look at the children of Iluvatar during the vision the Valar were given of the world their music had made. Aule knows that this is not the raddest thing he's ever done and is almost definitely against the rules, so he works in secret to create the seven fathers of the dwarves underneath the mountains in Middle-earth. Iluvatar knows what's happening because he's the creator god of the universe, so of course he does. In the same hour that Aule completes his work on the dwarves and he is happily teaching them Kuzdul, the language he invented for them, Iluvatar speaks. He says, Why hast thou done this? Why dost thou attempt a thing which thou knowest is beyond thy power and thy authority? For thou hast from me as a gift thy own being only and no more, and therefore the creatures of thy hand and mind can live only by that being, moving when thou thinkest to move them, and if thy thought be elsewhere, standing idle. Is that thy desire? Aule says that his desire was not lordship or dominion, rather more people to love and teach and to show the beauty of the world. He admits that his impatience has caused him to make a mistake, and he has been playing at being a creator of other beings like a child imitating his father. He offers anything to make it up to Iluvatar, even the dwarves he has just made. Then Aule says that, since he made them, he should be the one to destroy them, and he weeps as he takes up his giant hammer. But Iluvatar has compassion for Aule's desire to create other beings to love, and for his humility. The dwarves shy away from the hammer of Aule and beg for mercy. Iluvatar says, don't you see? The fact that they are afraid means that they are separate from your thought now. He has made them truly sentient beings. However, Iluvatar says that he has dibsies on having children awaken in Middle-earth first, so Aule's dwarves will sleep now in the darkness under stone, and shall not come forth until the firstborn have awakened upon earth. And until that time, thou and they shall wait, though long it seem. But when the time comes, I will awaken them, and they shall be to thee as children, and often strife shall arise between thine and mine, the children of my adoption and the children of my choice. So Aule takes the seven fathers of the dwarves and tucks them each into sleep under a different mountain in Middle-earth and waits for his children to awaken once more. 
Because Aule knew that the dwarves would live in a world in which Melkor's evil was strong, he intentionally made the dwarves strong, and stubborn and fast in both friendship and enmity, and living far longer than men. They suffer toil and hunger and hurt of body more heartily than all other speaking people. The dwarves believe that when they die, Aule, whom they call Mahal, M-A-H-A-L, cares for them and takes them to their own halls in Mandos, separate from those of the elves. Eventually, Aule tells his wife Yavanna, the giver of fruits, what he's done. She praises Eru for not only showing mercy to Aule, but also giving him a great bounty. However, because Aule hid all of this from her until after it was over, she says that his children will have little love for the things that she loves, the flora and fauna of Middle-earth. They will love first the things made by their own hands, as doth their father. They will delve in the earth, and the things that grow and live upon the earth they will not heed. Many a tree shall feel the bite of their iron without pity. Aule says that is true, but it is also true of the children of Iluvatar, and despite the fact that her works are beautiful and would have worth even if there were no children, Middle-earth and everything in it will be the dominion of the children to do with as they wish. Yavanna is unhappy to hear this. She goes to Manwe, king of the Valar, and they have a chat about her anxieties. She, of course, loves the beautiful things she has made, and it's hard for her to accept that they're all just fodder for the children. Manwe asks, well, if he wanted to save something from the children, what would it be? And Yavanna says the animals can flee or defend themselves, but plants cannot. And she remembers that in the Aina Lindale, the music that created the world, she sang of trees which themselves sang to Iluvatar. Manwe thinks on these words, and Iluvatar speaks to him. Then, Manwe goes and sits with Yavanna, giver of fruits, beneath the two trees of Valinor. Manwe tells Yavanna of Eru Iluvatar's words, that Eru remembers the song and all the voices within it. When the elves and men awaken, the thought of Yavanna will awaken also, and spirits will go among the plants and animals, and these spirits will be revered and their anger formidable. And Manwe adds his own encouragement that he sang with her in the music, that their thoughts met, and the two of them took wing together like great birds that soar above the clouds. This meeting of thoughts is the origin of the Eagles of Manwe, who later will get our boys out of all sorts of scrapes at the end of the Third Age. Yavanna gets very excited and says her trees shall climb tall so Manwe's eagles might roost in them. And Manwe shuts her down and says no, only Aule's trees, that is, mountains, will be tall enough for the eagles. However, in the forests shall walk the shepherds of the trees. This is the origin of the race of Ents who will protect the trees from the axes of the dwarves. Yavanna goes home to her husband and says, your children better watch out because Ents are in the mix. And Aule is sort of a dong and continues working at his smithy and says, nonetheless, they will have need of wood. And that's of Aule and Yavanna. That's going to be it for this episode of Speak, Friend, and Enter Deep Lore. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Those reviews really help people find the show. If you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, please email us at speakfriendpod at gmail.com. You can check out the show's Twitter at speakfriendpod for official pod stuff, and my personal Twitter is at askistwin, that's I-S-T-W-E-N. 
We'll have a regular episode up next week, and after that, we'll discuss the next chapter of the Silmarillion, of the coming of elves and the captivity of Melkor. It's going to be a real banger. Until next time, Muhu Torgizu Turugoskin. <laughs>